relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Welcome to Grown Local, everybody. This is episode 100, and I'm going to talk for the next 30 seconds, and probably that's about it for the rest of this episode, (laughs) because I am swimming in the deep end of the pool this week with Mike and Jeff, where it is like I have read parts of Jeff's books, not to the extent that I want. and I had to talk, I had to talk Mike down a little bit. He was super excited uh, <laughs> about talking to you. So I told him before, I was like, you just, you just ask all the questions you want, because I'm just going to sit and listen. But I would do want to tell you, Jeff, that we are beyond thrilled to have you. And to be our hundredth episode, it is like, kind of like Mike said, it's a little full circle for all of us because he has been preaching your methods. And I don't even think your methods, I think it's nature's method that you Yeah, yeah it definitely is. Definitely. So it is, but you're the one that we have learned to listen to nature to. So we are thrilled to have you. I'm going to get out of the way. And first of all, thank you. And you're in Anchorage, which is, which is one of my, Alaska's my paradise. So ah, really, I, you would, it wouldn't be this, this spring. Oh my God. It's cold. It's wet. See, I love it. I'm a weirdo about it. I mean, I don't want to live up there. I love to visit. Let's put yeah. that. I hear you. You're, sit- you're sitting down there in 85 degree weather in Portland, having a great, beautiful, sunny day. I know. I know. Uh, it's, yeah. I'm in LA and he's in Portland. Oh, so, oh like, I'm God. even better. So I don't even, I should <laughs> shut up more than anything. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. it's like, I like to go to Alaska. So I'm like, it's different than where I live. <laughs> right, right. It is. It definitely is. Definitely is. And uh, cannabis has been legal here since 1975. People yes. don't know that. I uh, did. I but did. That's that's really key. That's that that's what makes us really special, in many people's eyes, anyway. We, yeah, we had of, the yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we had the pleasure of interviewing a few cannabis growers up there in Alaska, and <laughs> it's absolutely amazing to see how well that industry has thrived up there, and just people really dedicated to it. A lot a lot of no-till farmers up there too, which made my heart very happy. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we like to think we're ahead we're ahead of the curve here. So and, and, and really we've been we've been pretty organic. This is the only place in the country where we can say the state's organic uh, and we, and we can only screw it up. And so most of us are trying not to screw it up. And that's <laughs> for sure. But we are very happy to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, I, I've been touting your books and selling them for about a decade now, good, which good. <laughs> which feels nice uh you know i managed a gardening shop down here in eugene oregon for quite some time so we Mm -hmm. uh we would sell your books regularly so it's nice to actually meet you good Um, great i hope we've got the latest one too which is really an eye-opener it's (laughs) it's really fun yeah and then i always like to start out on these kinds of things by making sure people understand i didn't invent any of this stuff I didn't discover any of this stuff. Uh, you know, I am I am a disciple of Elaine Ingham, 
uh, and Dr. James White and other people, uh, you know, and it's, it's just a, a pleasure to be able to, to, to understand what they're talking about and being able to translate it a little bit. So, hmm. yeah. To, to quote Sagan, you know, it's standing on the shoulders of giants, as he quoted, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sir Isaac Newton. But I think the wonderful thing about your books is they kind of do open the very dense idea of the soil web and all the beautiful things that are going there mm -hmm. with, you know, a lot of science, but also just kind of making it so that people can understand it a lot better. So, yeah. 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 No, I, yeah. as a novice, I do want to say that to the people listening, the books, they are a little heady if you if you don't fully grasp like what soil and the food web and everything is but it does do a really they all do a wonderful job of like getting you to to where you need to be to understand it and it's i if we're quoting people like my one of my favorites is woody guthrie where it it takes a genius to make something simple and any fool can make something complicated <laughs> so i think that's kind of what and i i think that's pretty much well, kind of what you've done for humans well let me tell you what, what, what how, how i do it and why i do it and, and maybe maybe i'll get it so that you'll read more of them uh, <laughs> uh, uh you know the, the the first thing of course is that i'm 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 not that smart i'm a lawyer you know, although if I was smart, I'd be a doctor or something good, you know, but I'm, I'm a lawyer. And so, and so I, I'm, I, I had to, I had to dumb the stuff down so I could understand it. And I happen to be particularly good at, at taking really complicated stuff and wasting a lot of my time tr trying to make it so that the judge is going to understand it. And, and I, and I got pretty good at that and I did it, did it for a long time. And then I started writing these books. And so, so that's sort of the philosophy is that I'm taking other people's work that's really at the highest level and trying to bring it down to, the, to my level so I can, under, and if I can understand it, then you can understand it. That's, it's just that simple. Now, the other thing is my hobby is writing a weekly garden column, which I do here in Anchorage, Alaska. And so in order to write a garden column that's, that's acceptable, it's, it's gotta be 500 to 750 words and it's got to be basically on one subject. I mean, you could try it. You could every now and then you can sneak in a bunch of stuff, but it's got to be, you know, you're writing about petunias, you write about petunias and you don't <laughs> jump off into snowball azaleas. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so when you read my books and you start out in the right and read them in the right order, what you're really reading are newspaper columns. There's a black heading, blah, blah, blah. And then I talk about, blah, 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 blah. And then there's another black hand and goes, blah, blah, blah. And in between that, that's a column in there. And so it's pretty easy <clears throat> to sit down on the toilet and read a couple of columns. Simple as that. Uh, and then my other philosophy is that uh, I, we're dealing with things that, that I didn't have a scientific background to be able to really fully understand. So I had to teach myself some of that stuff. And lawyers learn how to learn about new stuff. And, and so when you take my books, they always start out with, uh, why am I doing this? What's going on here? The basics. And then I give you building blocks. And it's not until the second half of the book that you, that you put all of that other stuff together. And then, oh, God, it comes out like diarrhea. You know, it's just easy. And so, <laughs> and so that's, that's the way to approach the books. You can't approach, particularly the last one, which has got words in it 
on every paragraph names of bacteria. I can't pronounce them. I don't even try, <laughs> you know, but, but if you, if you pick this book up and say, blah, 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 you'd never read it. You'd never finish it. So don't do that. Just put yourself in my shoes. Everything's, everything's got to be dumbed down so that we can understand it. And once we understand it, then you can really start building on it and start reading new articles and, and pick up on the science and really build up on it. It's a, there's a, there's a popular book out right now called, uh, Lessons in Chemistry. It's a novel, and it's this really brilliant chemist, uh, and and she's a, she gets discriminated against, and uh, you know you make the coffee in the lab, and when she's doing all the discoveries, and she ends up doing a television show, and in the television show on cooking, she teaches chemistry, and and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful way of she regains herself by, and I'm I'm hopeful that maybe. You know, I'm I'm regaining something by. Okay, he's not a lawyer. He's he's something other than a lawyer. So yeah, that's where I'm coming from. Well, I mean, I, and I understand that completely. I'm yeah. a comedian, and a lot of times I I feel like I need to probably give back better than I'm giving back, and it's I tough. do think that's exactly what. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I will say this to anyone that's like, what your books also did for me. And I'm going to let you and Mike nerd out pretty hard in a second, but well, we're trying we are, to get we are nerding not- out, even though you don't know it. We're nerding out. Right? <laughs> I, understand, I do understand that too, yeah. because when I talk to other people about this stuff, you just see it. And like, One day you'll get it. But what it also did for me, and I've preached this a lot, especially to Mike and everybody close to me is once, and I used it growing cannabis and now I grow more plants because you just kind of, get into it like you said and then we're doing i mike had me build my soil which was as i'm reading these books and we're about to build some more for Mm. another grow we're doing and i'm going to reread a couple of the books because it i still don't learn learn, know it do you know what i mean i have a basic but what it did in this weird way that i didn't see coming was it improved my diet and my health in this way that and i i annoy everyone about it all the time now because i'm like well just grow some plants that'll help your diet and they're like Mm -hmm. what do you mean i was like well it becomes so clear when you pay attention to these plants that if you feed it stuff that's bad it's bad for it and when you don't it's awesome and then you start being like well i'm a thing too so i bet you're just like shoving gummy bears in my mouth. And I was like, this is probably why I'm tired a lot, I bet. <laughs> yeah, there's no question about it. But the system is so simple, you know, and, and you know, the elevator pitches, the plant takes energy from the sun and says, okay, I can do a couple of things with this energy from the sun. I, I can make sugars and things and grow leaves and, and uh, I, could, I can make trichomes and I can do all sorts of, and I can take some of it and, and make these things that I can drip out of the root system that attract bacteria and uh, uh, fungi. And there they are. They're just in there eating this stuff. And the plant's saying, I got you now. And, and gets a good population going right there in the root system. And then along come 
protozoa, which we all studied in high school. We couldn't figure out why the hell we were doing it. <laughs> Nobody remembers a thing about paramecium or amoebas, but it turns out they eat along with a, a, a little hair-like worm called nematodes. They eat the bacteria and the fungi and they shit out what they don't need right there in the rhizome. And what they shit out has the electrical charge on it. It's in the right form for plants to take in. And if the plant wants something else to eat, it changes the stuff that attracts bacteria and fungi, attracts a different mix and gets what it needs. And so the plant, even though it can't run around, uh, it, it, it's able to do this incredible basic thing by taking the sun's energy and converting it into these wonderful things. Now, that's, that's the soil food web that I learned about in 2006. That's the soil food web in the first book, Teaming with Microbes. And, and that's Dr. Elaine's soil food web. It came about because she was able to see things in the soil and do things with soil that nobody had ever really done before. Uh, and, then, and then several years later, we, we began to notice that mycorrhizal fungi were also in this mix. And they were, they were, they were being attracted by the plants signaling, again, a signal made from uh, stuff taken as a result of energy and blah, 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 in these cells and then dripped out of the root system and, and bringing these mycorrhizal fungi to the root system where they fed the plants in return for getting some goodies from the plant. And they brought on water. So nitrogen and water and phosphorus and whoa, that was pretty cool. So that added to the soil food web. And then uh, this latest book, Teeming with Bacteria, is about something that really has been perfected. It was discovered by a woman whose name I can never pronounce uh, in Australia um, and perfected by a team in, in Rutgers University um, led by a guy named Dr. James White who, that added on to Dr. Elaine's system uh, uh, this astonishing thing called rhizophagy. Now, rhizophagy is pretty simple too, um, those bacteria that are sitting there eating these exudates, some of them are not eaten by the protozoa uh, uh, or the nematodes. Some of them smell this, this popcorn smell, this buttered popcorn smell, and uh, move towards it. And it happens to be right in these, or on these roots, beginning root, cells, these thin-walled meristem cells, brand new cells, and the bacteria back up against them. And the next thing they know, boom, they're inside. They're inside the meristem cell. And they go, what the heck am I doing in here? And it's like, it's sort of like, um, like a tofu container. You know, you know those white mm -hmm. tofu? So the outside of the container is the cell wall. And the bacteria back up against that. And the next thing they know, they're in that liquid that surrounds that white, chunky tofu crap. Okay. And that liquid is the periplasmic space. And the bacteria find themselves in there. And the, and the, and the plant goes, oh, and the plant sprays them and strips off their cell walls and eats it. And so it gets some food from those cell walls. And then uh, in order to protect itself, the, 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 it's crazy. 
the bacteria, in order to protect itself from more of the spray, the bacteria ends up fixing nitrogen, just to make the story short. Literally fixing nitrogen inside the plant such that 40%, up to 40% of the nitrogen that your plant uses doesn't come from the miracle growing crap you might be putting on it. It doesn't come from <laughs> you know anything else. It comes from the bacteria that are inside these cells. And the chain reactions of things that this does uh, range from, oh, oh, I forgot to mention, since they're bacteria, they're, they multiply constantly and they're producing ethylene. And so they cause the meristem cell to grow a little bit. And, and good thing it does because these bacteria multiply every 20 minutes. And so you end up with a tremendous number of bacteria being cycled in that watery crap in the tofu package, this endoplasmic space. And eventually what happens, they get so many of them, they back up against the wall and they cause these tubes to grow out of that meristem cell. And these tubes, you and I know as root hairs. It's bacteria that cause these root hairs. And the reason they're forming these root hairs is so that they can be shot by the plant back out into the soil where they regrow their cell walls and then repeat the trip a couple of two or three days later. Holy crow. So, you know, now we're talking about a system that's movie worth. I mean, this is pretty cool stuff. And, and, and uh, there are movies of it, in fact. You can, you can see <laughs> some of this stuff. And it's just incredible what's going on inside a plant that we had no idea. Now, Dr. Elaine would have discovered this, but the microscopes in, in, in place back then weren't, boy, that looks like nice weed behind you, by the way. Uh, 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 it looks like so, it's about ready to pick, too. I mean, <laughs> oh, sorry. But anyway, so the microscopes had just evolved to the point where we're able to do all this wonderful stuff. So rhizofasci uh, is an addition to the mycorrhizal fungi, which is an addition to the basic Dr. Elaine Ingham soil food web. So, I mean, like you talk about being a movie, the way you talk about it sounds like an action packed movie, you know? And it is. And I mean, it is. It, is. it, is. it really yeah. is. Yeah. But I mean, so when I first came out to Oregon from outside of Philly, I went and worked for a guy on his weed farm. Um, but it was a full scale organic farm. The cannabis was mostly used to kind of, you know, offset some of the costs. But he actually had taken Dr. Elaine's uh, class yeah. up in Corvallis, sure. started me on this whole thing and got me so excited about organic farming. I just thought I was coming out to make money, weed and everything, but feeling the excitement and the wonder of what is going on in this well, system. And the beauty of it. And the beauty of it. Exactly. I mean, to me, it was like geometry. It was just, mm -hmm. it all fits to, oh, if you remove <laughs> this, then it doesn't work that way. Oh, okay, it all fits together. Yeah, it's really a wonderful system. And and not to compete with your wonderful podcast, but I have a friend, he and I, we, we, we've we started a podcast called Teaming with Microbes. And, and this is People what we do. We talk about the science of our vegetables. Promote it. Promote yeah, well, it. Yeah. There you go. That's Team with Microbes. Yeah, don't. We're not, once we're a week, not enemies. Once a week. It's yeah, I know. There's a big space yeah, here. Well, there's yeah. a, a lot of people sitting in their cars wondering, well, "What the hell am I going to listen to for the next?" He is. No, listen uh, both our podcasts. We got. Yeah, or in the in the in the, yeah, exactly right, or in the tractor or whatnot. So yeah, we're talking in terms of our our vegetable gardens and and uh, 
you know, today we talked about aphids and the, the aphids have these two little, the two little tubes that come out of their back. They're like mufflers, you know, and they just spit out honeydew uh, when they're active. It's just, anyway, it's just, all the science about the stuff. It makes it more fun to garden and to grow because you look at the plant and you can understand what's happening. And, 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 and one of the reasons I wrote Teeming with Nutrients uh, which is a book that's, you know, it's different. It's not really about the soil food web at all. It's about what it's about what happens when the food gets into the plant. How does it get in there? And then what happens to it once it's in that cell? It's hard to understand what a plant is if you don't understand that in in each cell there are 10,000 enzymes, a thousand different kinds, maybe 10,000 different kinds of enzymes and a thousand of each one. And everything in that plant that you look at, touch, feel, smell, or eat is made inside these cells. Wait a minute. It's made inside these cells. And so there's, there are these FedExes that come in from other cells through these little holes. And there's, there's the endoplasmic reticulum where things are packaged up. And I mean, it's just, it's unreal how similar what goes on inside a cell goes on inside our society. It's just like, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's well, fascinating. The science is, is what makes it work. And if you're just a regular gardener or a regular grower, you can't possibly have the appreciation that you will have by just sniffing these books. Uh, and you need, need to get the appreciation, not because I'm going to make any money off of buying these books. My publisher will, uh, <laughs> but, but because you will finally get an appreciation for what you're really, really dealing with. An unbelievable organism, a plant. Well, you know what cracked me up? when you really when i got the whole understanding and like you said there's a lot of things we're still learning and there's like yeah i couldn't explain i can't that's when i know i understand something when i can explain it to somebody sure. else or tell I, a joke about it exactly a hundred percent so i am not close to that yet but what cracked me up is when i got this kind of full understanding and the redwoods are one of my favorite places to go mm. too so like that kind of gave me a little head start but it made me really laugh was like, oh, this is what mushrooms tell you every time you trip is that it's all, to, we're all, it's all together. It all works together, even though it might not appear like it doesn't, yeah. but it all works together. And then when you read about how soil and plants and the earthworks, you're like, oh, if you eat those mushrooms, it'll, it explains that to you. Yeah, well, and we, we, you know, it'll explain to you that you're just part of the soil food web. You are not the charge of it. You are, you, you can only fuck things up. Yes. You are just part <laughs> of the system. And so when you're growing a plant, and particularly a plant that's got the name weed, you know, probably the best thing you can do is just simply stick it in the ground and step back and sure enough the stuff we're learning that's true so in this last <laughs> book if you take a seed and sterilize it which we all used to do 
uh, and shouldn't anymore. You're taking off the bacteria that came with that seed that were supposed to be there to help it germinate and then to populate the soil so that the plant could get what it needs. And it turns out these seeds are very specific and, and, and related to their bacteria. So for example, the right corn that's been grown for 400 years has the same bacteria whether you plant the seed from today or you plant a 400 year old seed holy cromolo that is pretty freaking incredible and so you come along <laughs> and mess it up yeah, well i know. know more i know things <laughs> yeah i can hybridize this well and you know we do get some pretty good hybridization and whatnot but you know those land race strains that developed the reason why we like them so much is because they developed over eons and eons and eons uh to be what it's supposed to be and so when you when you smoke a land or vaporize a land a land race Whoa, you know, it's great. You know, you know, it's good. And then uh, the research has become, uh, because of the legalization of our favorite plant, uh, has become pretty interesting. So Dr. White, Razafashi man, uh, you know, you take a look at a trichome, you say, gee, they, they look an awful lot. Some of them, they look like roots, don't they? I mean, you know, little root hairs. One of us in there. I wonder what's in them, you know? So, hey, student A, you know, why don't you take cannabis? So, you know, and it's legal in New Jersey now, you study it. Anyway, what they, just, <laughs> what they, what they are coming upon is that, you know, we always just say, what, the, what, what does a trichome really do? We know it contains flavonoids and cannabinoids, and that's the good part of the plant. And it's, if you had to keep one part of your cannabis plant, it would be, it would be the trichomes, uh, sansomia, blah, 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 you know, mm -hmm. uh, we know trichomes are what you want. And so it turns out, holy shit, they got bacteria in them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These bacteria, what are they doing? They're fixing nitrogen inside the trichome. And, and wait a minute. In order to fix nitrogen, you need to have an oxygen-free environment. You know, there's that when you when you open up a uh, a pea, a right? You know, a pea yeah, yeah. nodule that's got whatever rhizome, whatever they call the thing. You open it up, and and it's got this red stuff in it. You know, it's got little hemoglobin type stuff in it. That's to keep the oxygen away from. The, the bacteria as it's fixing the nitrogen it's supposed to be in an oxygen free environment i guess otherwise you'd get you know some explosive or something i don't know uh, and and bingo <laughs> that's what's going on inside the trichome they're pretty sure they got it pretty well nailed down now that you got nitrogen fixation and the and the oxygen free environments provided by cannabinoids and flavonoids holy crow you know, so so then you you put that together with this whole bacteria idea. They carry their own bacteria. So the the seed germinates. The bacteria jumps out of the seed. There may be nine hundred different kinds of bacteria in that seed. They jump in the soil. They breed. Blah, blah blah blah. They're in there. They get back in the plant. They become endophytic bacteria. They move throughout the plant. They end up in a flower, and the flower starts to form a seed. And these bacteria goes ah. Ah, shit i'm stuck inside the seed and gets stuck in the seed and gets carried on to the next generation okay and so there you got the bacteria in the seed and it gets carried on for generations that's 
terroir. You know, that's what they look for and want. Where's the wine? It's the soil. And 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 probably with cannabis, it's what's in that seed that carries from on. That's where the terroir comes from. That's where the taste comes from. That's where the high comes from. Whoa, pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. <laughs> that and is, I think shut up, Mike. Awesome. Don't <laughs> say what you think. Just say that is awesome. That is amazing we figured that out yeah. in this quick of like <clears throat> since it's been legalized yeah. right you know and that we're already like oh that's what this is well what like, is what, what is more important to study I, know, as soon as it became legal oh great let's we can finally learn something about our favorite plant. <laughs> you know it's just uh what did i learned today that uh one of the one of the cannabinoids the one that's in pepper, you know, sea carpaline or something like that. What does it do? Oh, it's a fungicide. It's a fungicide. <laughs> huh. Wait a minute. And they, it will, it, it, apparently, I don't want to give medical advice. I'm like, apparently, it'll cure that toenail fungus that you have. <laughs> so you walk around with a little joint in, your, in between your toes. I don't know how you do it. But I'm just going to take my feet and put them in pounds of weed and just do that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's also a small, older Asian lady in Humboldt County that will make you cry <laughs> rubbing your feet. Yeah. But then the next day you're like, oh my, I feel like, a, like I have new feet. Like, <laughs> so I don't know if she's still there, but she's in and You will like during it. But the next day I was like, I, I got new feet. I think, I don't know what she did. I'm old. I need that. I, I, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Thank God we don't have to step on, on cannabis <laughs> to get it to, you know, get the tincture. So I see you're growing regular, regular plants there. You're not growing autoflowers or, or are those autoflowers? No, no, these are regular plants. Yeah. This is yeah. from a uh, older growth. I, I uh, was managing now. I, I uh, was taken aboard with this company called Sugar Top Buttery. They were mm. doing, um, you know, synthetic farming, uh, conventional farming, and I revamped their entire operation. Now wow. we're doing no-till, and it's gotten some very good uh, results yeah. from it now from yeah. doing it. Which, yeah, oh, because you, yeah. you haven't disrupted the soil food web. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what I do want to ask you... What sparked all this passion with gardening? You were, you know, you are a yeah. lawyer. Yeah. What made that happen? Like, so, how yeah, did I, that happen? Just being I around lawyers is fun all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, makes you want to go home and crawl into a prenatal exactly. position at night. You know, the hey, these plants that. don't argue with me. This is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, to me, it was a very good legal tool because everybody grows plants. The judges understood it. Yeah. And so I had this column, you know, and I go in the, the secretary at the judges. You know, oh, before you go, in, you know, what's wrong with my African violet? You know, and, oh, can I choose that judge for my case? You know, anyway, uh, I, I, it I was grew, for lawyer reasons. Exactly. No, I grew, I grew up in a family of gardeners. I, I'm a many generational family of gardeners. And if you wanted to spend time with my dad, you spent it out in the garden. So, you know, my earliest memories were gardening and, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And he was, he was an interesting fellow. He and 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 my grandfather both uh, grew up in pretty suburban areas, but the properties that they grew up on were were 
farms, rural. Yeah. Uh, and so I grew up on a, on a nice eight acre piece of property and everybody would drive by and go, Oh, look at that, that, that nice piece of property. No, that was a slave yard. Uh, and, and we grew all <laughs> our food, you know, and we had 80 apple trees. Oh my God. I had to be converted to cider. And, you know. Anyway. Uh, so I, I gardened as a kid. When I came to Anchorage, Alaska, um, it turned out that we were getting our news uh, on TV sometimes as much as a week after it occurred, that it was always at least 24 hours later. Uh, the oh. Tonight Show was last night's show. You know, it was everything was late and we had two newspapers and one of them was a Chamber of Commerce. Go get them. You know, it was really a booster paper. And the other one was a Pulitzer Prize paper. And they had a joint operating agreement. And the go-getter paper was putting the Pulitzer Prize paper out of business, even though they had a joint publishing agreement. Blah, 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 blah. We broke the agreement. And I, I went I went in to, to talk to the lady who ran the little paper that was, was getting the Pulitzer Prizes. And, and and she said, what else can you do for me? And I said, I can write a garden column for you. And so, <laughs> God, almost almost 50 years ago, God, it's 40 some odd years, uh, I started writing a garden column. I've done it every week since. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I've done a lot of gardening and I've, and I've converted from miracle Grow gardening to the soil food web gardening as a result of being exposed to Dr. Elaine Ingham. But I have a very deep history with miracle Grow because my father and my grandfather ran a butter business and they hired a young man from the University of Pennsylvania whose major was in advertising and he advertised the butter and he hated the job and he would spend the weeks uh, working at the butter place but the weekends he would drive around trying to clear his head because he hated the idea of going to work for this butter company and he, he tells the story or told the story that he ran into this greenhouse, not literally, but he came across a greenhouse in New Jersey where the guy had this formula developed by Rutgers or at Rutgers uh, uh, that, that did beautiful plant nitrogen. Some kind of, and so uh, Horace Hagedorn, the guy's name said, hey, maybe we can go into business. And so they did, and they they came up with the miracle grow, and they put the ad in the newspaper before and after tomato plants. And the next thing you know, he's made more money than he was making at the butter company in a year in one week. And uh, so he quit. Uh, and it, and he was telling the story to the Garden Writers of America, of which I happen to be a, a member, and I knew the story, but he didn't know I was in the audience because my father and grandfather owned the owned the butter company and 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 remained friends with him for a long, long, long time. And and when he saw me, he said, oh, my God, are you a Lowenfels? You look like a Lowenfels. I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> and we became good friends. And he would film commercials on my property here in Anchorage. And and uh, he would visit Alaska once or twice a year and and uh, promote Miracle Grow and film film ads. Some of them ran on the Super Bowl. My man, this is my property on the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I'm convinced if he was alive today, he died before before I discovered the soil food web from Dr. Elaine. But I'm convinced had he been alive today, he would have he would have changed the way Miracle Grow sort of approaches things or approach things. They are the largest purveyor of organics in the United States. Um, 
you know, they have a lot of organic products. Now, what's their organic versus what your organic is? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to. very different that. organics. <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. So, so, so yeah. So I got into it uh, as a result of writing that garden column. They were sort of letters home to my father. Um, and, and they, and they were a lot of fun. And I, I one day, one day, uh, you know, somebody will light a fire with them and there'll be some useful <laughs> heat come from them or something i don't know yeah i was about to say i need that book that uh, <laughs> anthology of all those letters uh, you know? <laughs> oh, but it's yeah. that good imprinting you know my father was you know a landscaper i'd work with him on the weekends and he would always take a big handful of soil and then make me sniff it and smell right. it and be like that's god's good earth and then right. so no now that's we'll actually that geosim which is the <laughs> Which is the uh, it's the it it comes from the fungal bacterial mix geosim, mm. ah, yeah, and yeah, and it is anytime I make compost tea or I'm finding good soil, even when we're down in the redwoods, I'm always like, do you smell that? Do you smell that good yeah. mix? Yeah, and it so reminds you of your imprinting. dad, doesn't it? Remind yep. us immortality. Yep. It really is. Yeah, you know, you think about we really it's only been since the 1940s that people garden the way miracle grow wants us to garden let's put it that way and yeah. and and the resistance is winning i think <laughs> when you when you go into the local store here in anchorage now maybe it's because of the garden column but when you go in the local local store to buy stuff feed store you it's it's mostly organic it's very little non-organic um and and people are learning to live with it it makes so much more sense we we were talking on our podcast last week about dandelions we lost the war it's over why would mm -hmm. you why would you spray dandelions with this chemical oh my the reason you have to put the stuff on every year and you do because that Scott guy comes on every year and yells at you about your disgusting lawn. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so, so uh, you know, you wait a minute, wait a second, stop. <clears throat> You're putting it on every spring. Why? Because it doesn't work. For God's sakes, it come, they come back every year for. So yeah, it's just such an incredible. Now my lawn is right now the most gorgeous sea of yellow. If I was. If I was teeny, it would look like the sunflower scene in Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> it's two acres of nothing, but and it's gorgeous. In two days, they're all going to be these ugly little naked heads. The thing blown. Yeah, but even dandelions have a have a beauty. The, the I read a paper this spring. You know, when you walk up to a dandelion and you and you you think you're blowing it, there is a physics to the way the seeds come off that dandelion head that ensures better germination. They don't just it, you don't blow it and they just don't float around, you know, little, you know, like Popeye's been <laughs> punched in the face. You know, they go they go in a very specific direction and fascinating so all of this stuff has got science behind it mushrooms uh, it, all of this stuff it's just it's and it's so much more fun to know it but you also end up with a better crop look at the one behind you <laughs> very much i mean even i mean uh, that's yeah. how i
Mike is handed me some candy that he had grew, and I'm quite the connoisseur. I have been around the world and country doing a lot of research you know, on <laughs> where the best stuff is. And right. I was like, who grew this? And he said, I did. And I was like, how? And that's how we kind of kicked off our friendship. So if you think about it, it's the soil web yeah. and everything is like really what brought Mike and I together in this right. weird way. And I mean, our love of this plant and then. Sure. Well, living it, soil. Yeah, it's living soil. And when, when you go into dispensaries, in in portland um you could on the jars you know it says living soil on the good stuff uh you ask them i want the living soil uh in fact there's a product made by a company called down to earth which is uh out there in eugene um eugene, Oregon. It, yeah it's it makes a product called living soil people have discovered the microbial life really is the key to what's going on and it, and it 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 was that way before the year 1945 or whenever we started using all these munitions people had of course people had horses and cows and so they had compost piles because they had to get rid of the crap literally now we don't um but that doesn't mean people shouldn't be making a compost pile with their leaves and their grass clippings and, you know, continuing on the tradition because it's free, first of all. Uh, and second of all, it grows the best stuff. doesn't matter whether it's cannabis, carrots, potatoes. If you're using a good, healthy, organic mix, you're getting the best nutrition because you've got the best soil uh, conditions You've got the best nutrient uptake, and you've got all of the nutrients that need to be uptaken. Uh, so it's a beautiful, beautiful way to go. I, I honestly believe that, you know, it is the more you dig deep into it, where you see the minor miracles that are happening, where you can look at a dandelion and be like, look how beautiful it floats. Like, even now, after <laughs> as long as I've done with farming, I was talking to Alex today, my friend, and it's like, we'll drive by plants on the side of the road and just be blown away on no nutrient deficiency, right. how beautiful and vigorous they're growing. It's like nobody's even doing anything to them, but they're, right. you know, the soil's alive and, you know, it's a miracle kind of how it works. It is. Soil. It is. It definitely is. And I, I always end up my talks with the, you know, think about this, the redwoods, how they get so big, how they live so long without miracle grow. It's just how'd that happen? Nobody ever sprayed them. How'd they get that big? those little teeny bacteria. And now that we know about rhizophagy, holy crow, uh, because it's not just the rhizophagy, but the, the, there are certain bacteria that live inside the plants that give the plant all sorts of terrific properties. Some of them produce phytohormones uh, that the plant supplements the hormones that are inside the plants, uh, gibberellic acid, auxins. Um, a lot of them just make the plant more uh, uh, tolerant to stresses, and they're living inside the, the plant doing all these wonderful things. And you'd never see them, but once you know they're in there, you know, when the wind blows, I know that there's a bacterium in there, you know, bacteria in there that's helping the plant learn to live with the stress of that, producing an auxin that's helping, helping it handle the wind. Wow, you know, it's just, uh, so it's fun. 
it's a lot of fun. At least it is to me. Uh, and then, <laughs> and, you know, and then I get to go to wonderful places and give lectures uh, and meet wonderful people like you guys. Uh, and that's what it's all about. It's all, it's all connected. You know, we're going to come see you in Anchorage in January. Really? That, come on up. Gonna, I will. I've got come up every year. I didn't know you were up there. I would have bothered you way before this. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I go, I, I tend to try to go outside uh, to a nice warm light place whenever i possibly can but i you got to come back and touch so i do uh particularly i got a lot of plants around that i gotta take care of <laughs> yeah it's uh it's january up here what are you doing up here in january did it right or no i'm gonna come do stand stand up comment i'm oh, a stand-up comedian so oh. and that's when you guys need it the most is oh. around january february when the darkness gets and that's when you, i've yeah. i've learned that you guys like are the most and then i'll go to the weirder dark like deeper spots every time and people are thankful and i've been during the summer and it's just not worth it because i get it you guys are like oh we're doing stuff because we don't yeah. get to do stuff yeah right no that's right my my business partner uh actually he's the co-author of teaming with microbes wayne lewis uh, has this wonderful phrase which you can steal using some of your comedy it's not the land of the midnight sun it's the land of the noon moon. Uh, that's, you know, you know you're an Alaskan, but you've been through the noon moon a couple of years. <laughs> but And that's what's wrong right now. I mean, we're, we're going through this, even though it's supposed to be warmer, you know, sunnier, hotter. Uh, oh, my God. It's just windy, rainy, crummy spring. It's supposed to be summer. Where is it? Uh, I can't wait. So... So being somebody that's farmed for 40 years in one place, what, what, what have you seen? What's the data you're collecting? We, we have added uh, onto our uh, growing season about two weeks, maybe more uh, in, just, in just a short time. It used to be this, the, the number that I always quote is that like the late 1800s, there was a station in Talkeetna, which is not that far from here. They had a growing season, I think, of 80, uh, 67 days. And when I got up here, it was 120 days. So it basically doubled. And now it's at least 137, 147 days. It's in that area. It varies. But that's a gigantic demonstration of global warming. And and uh, it should it should it should be a canary in the mine. Let me tell you, Ugh. because I, <laughs> you know Billy Wayne Davis is going to come up and give a talk when there's no snow on the ground. It's 45, <laughs> 60 degrees. It's dark. What the hell do you do? Oh my hey. God, Alaska of the future. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> well, that's I. I mean, to attest to it, I've been up there. I guess ten times now, and over the years, I've. There was a glacier you could drive outside of Anchorage and kind of see and pull up when I first started going there 10 right. or 12 years ago. And now I've, and when people try to argue global warming, I can say like, I've watched with my own eyes, a glacier disappear. Yeah, and when right. I was little, they taught us that didn't happen. Right. So I'm just right. saying yeah. So I'm a little bit older than you. I remember when they built a $3 million visitor center at the toe of that glacier, there was a, like a, you know, a little half a mile lake and then the glacier. And, and then I remember 
35 years later, being on a boat, which they had to build on the lake, because it, how do you get a boat? Anyway, they built the boat on the lake, tourist boat, and we were all on the boat and we saw bedrock. The glacier had finally gone far enough back that you could see it was the first day the bedrock showed. Holy crow. And now it goes even further back. So, yeah, if you want to get to Alaska, you better hurry up and come. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'll look like every place else if you don't hurry up and come. Huh? <laughs> and we have some very good growers and, and some wonderful dispensaries. In fact, like Portland, we're getting too many of them. Maybe uh, you can't have too many unless you own one. Um, exactly. But, Amen. Yeah, Amen. yeah. But it's but it's it's really incredible how how it's become, you know, a, a really neat part of Anchorage. It's uh, it's fun, you know. Different. It's always been an impressive part, like uh, for me. Just like I said, the the connoisseur, I was always like, oh, you guys, this. Alaska has some of the best weed in the yeah. world. And they're it like, does. really? I'm like, well, hey, the night, the, the winter time, there's a lot of time to focus on things. <laughs> and, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, that's, and then, you know, being stoned up there is, is a nice relief. It is. It is. I know, I know one guy up here. I haven't seen him in a couple of years after pre COVID, but um, he, he's one of the OGs. He's got a catalog of seeds that would make your jaw fall off. I mean, it's unbelievable how far back he goes. I mean, stuff from Amsterdam before they started breeding. And I mean, and, and people, came, people came up here and realized because in 1975, the court said, listen, if you want to grow weed in the privacy of your home, you have every constitutional right to do so. And people went, I do. <laughs> and so they did. And and sure enough, people did some fabulous, fabulous breeding and growing. And of course, everybody takes, everybody claims to, oh yeah, yeah, I was part of the group that made Matt Nuska Thunderfuck, you know. Mm. Hmm, really? No kidding. Uh, there's, but, like, there's like 300 people now claim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, but we've got some really, really good weeds here. And, and uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to convince people that they should go autoflower because in a place like Alaska, well, first of all, I think autoflowers, it's just so the folks who may not know, uh, autoflowers are a third kind of cannabis, not indica, not, not sativa. They don't require more, uh, more darkness to set flowers than than uh, in daylight. Uh, so if you live in Alaska, for example, uh, when we reach the solstice and we're just about to get the perfect conditions for flowering, we get a frost. Uh, so autoflowers are completely different. They grow based on their DNA. And if they've been bred to flower in 75 days, they'll flower in 75 days. And it doesn't matter whether you give them a, a 24 days, a 24 hours of sunlight, or whether you give them 12 hours of sunlight, they're still going to, it's just genetically. And so I, uh, they're beautiful. I mean, that, that trait comes from the ruderalis, which right. was found in Siberia and right. in the Russian. I mean, so it kind of just makes sense. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they escaped there. Yeah, 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 and they escaped from a hemp, hemp farm or something. Some sailor was trying to grow rope or something. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, they make perfect plants, and they've been bred now to the point where they are 
as every bit as good THC wise, cannabinoid wise, and size wise, there's three different sizes. There's little cuties you grow in red cups and have contests. Uh, and then they're, they're the kind you grow in, you know, five gallon buckets and grow, and they can grow, they can grow anywhere from two feet to four feet. And wow, they can really produce. But if you're growing them outside and put them on like two foot centers, you get you get about two thousand more pounds than you do if you grow regular indica or or sativas. So you get like five thousand pounds versus three thousand pounds an acre, depending on on, on how you do it. And it's, they're they're easy to you don't have to get ladders out. You just wow, uh, they're all cola. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. I love them. Um, <laughs> I love them. And so I, I hope everybody tries those out. Those are really kind of fun. What is the most interesting plant to you? Is that a weird question? But I know we talk about cannabis a lot, but somebody with such gardening knowledge as you, what yeah, interests you the yeah, most? Yeah, I, like, uh, I like the plants that move. I like mimosa paduca. You know, the touch me plant. Uh, touch yeah, you touch yeah. it and it goes... Bleh. Um, you know, or Venus fly traps, those are kind of cool. Um, I like the idea that a uh it's a it's a physical manifestation of the signaling that happens inside plants all the time. So so when an aphid hits a hits a meadow roux, the meadow roux recognizes that there's an aphid on the left, on the left flower bud. And it and it tells the right flower, but yeah, you better get ready because you're going to get bit by aphids or whatever the hell. And 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 might even might even cause the plant to send out a pheromone so that the other meadow roos in the same area or even miles away recognize you better lay low because Mr. Aphid is out here trying to get you. Anyway, um, I I love the idea that when you touch a, a mimosa. It moves. There's auxins, there's hormone responses happening like we do. Uh, and it sort of it sort of affirms in my mind that plants are just like us. They just can't run around. Uh, <laughs> some of them can move like we can, but they just can't run around. So they're a little paralyzed, but they're good. They're stuck in their ways, I think. Yeah, is they the- <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I don't know if this is what you guys wanted to talk about, but this this has been everything we wanted to talk about and more. Seriously, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure, an absolute pleasure. And and uh, I uh, I hope I I hope I haven't said anything that you got to take out or censor. I think no. I was not. I, I would I'm... prefer that you did so we could leave it in. <laughs> That's who I, was, I am. I was trying to be nice to everybody and non-political. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you did a wonderful job. (laughs) But that's the other thing about gardeners. It doesn't it doesn't matter whether you're for Trump or Biden. They're both old men. I don't care. Uh, You know, you're for plants. And that's what counts. Nothing else counts. It's just we have this this wonderful community. Uh, There's more of them than us. Uh, we got to learn to become become better, not better shepherds, even, but better neighbors with them. Uh, And when that happens, everything becomes good. You know, global warming stops and pollution stops and chemical bad things happen. So, yeah, it's going to be terrific. we got to be good friends with plants and each other. A lot of disease will stop as well. I do believe you are correct about if we start being better neighbors and listening. I 100% agree with you on all this. I love it. I love it.
and we will we're going to come bother you in january like we said if you're and i get if you're not around, I understand why you've left. Sure. But if I am, we'll we'll do it. We'll do one of these again. In yes, no, for sure. And yeah. yes, we're going to come where we want to. What we're doing, and I think you'll appreciate, it, is once a month until we go up in January, uh, a showcase an Alaska grower or somebody in the Alaskan sure. cannabis uh, sure. scene. And thank you so much for being our hundredth episode. It is. I mean, we're both vibrating right now because <laughs> not this is one of the best episodes not as much as i am you know? i mean you do vibrate the it's just wonderful and we are we thank you so much for everything you've communicated to the world and to us today and you've really you've given people like a a really nice glimpse into what we should be doing with the world of plants and agriculture and Anytime you need to yell or want to get loud, come talk to us. We'll, you always have a place here. Thank you so much. Sounds good. I'll do it. And remember, teaming with microbes, it drops every Friday. So wherever you listen to podcasts. Go and listen. Go. He's and on listen Instagram. We are going to link all his book and all his podcasts in, in the details of this episode on YouTube and on whatever podcast delivery device you have so you can just click click in the things we'll have all that ready sure. so thank you guys and hey my pleasure go your own See everybody guys. all right folks i gotta go